Um, so hi everyone, I'm Manpreet and I'm an incoming uh, ST3 in dermatology. Hi, I'm Narin. I'm currently an SD5 registrar in dermatology. Um, so this lecture will be covering skin cancers. Um, so there's quite a lot to cover. So we'll try to keep it concise um, and highlight the main salient points to direct your extra reading and your preparation. Um, so I guess the first thing to start off with uh, is just an overview of some of the things that we'll be talking about today. So when you're thinking about skin cancers, it can be split into two sort of areas. So your pre-malignant lesions and your malignant lesions. Under the pre-malignant lesions, key um, conditions to be aware of include Bowen's disease, actinic keratoses, um, which can be pre-malignant for squamous cell carcinomas, which we'll go on to and talk about as well. And then there's also um, lentigo maligna, which can be pre-malignant for malignant melanomas, which we'll also touch upon. And then thinking about your malignant lesions, the three most important ones to be aware of and always have in your mind as differential diagnoses when you're thinking about skin cancers are basal cell carcinomas, squamous cell carcinomas and malignant melanomas. And we'll be touching upon those three in a bit more detail in this particular talk. Um, so we can start off now in, with a bit of a, uh, about a skin cancer history um, and kind of the most important things to ask in, in the history. So I guess when you are taking a skin cancer history, there are specific um, skin cancer questions that you want to be asking about. So in the kind of presenting complaint, you want to know a little bit about the timeline of the lesion. Has the lesion grown rapidly in a short period of time, which means, you know, that could be suspicious for something malignant. Is it pigmented? Has it changed in color? Um, you know, has it changed in shape and, and size, which we've already mentioned, but any changes that they might have had might direct you towards a malignant lesion as well. Um, you know, is there any itching? Is there any bleeding? Is there any crusting? These are also important questions that you want to be asking in your skin cancer um, history. And then moving on to sort of uh, medications, well, and, and past medical history, what you'd want to know and ask specifically is, is this person immunosuppressed? You know, because you might have a renal transplant patient, they're on immunosuppression, and there is a higher, you know, uh, risk of having skin cancers when you are immunosuppressed. Do they have a personal history of any skin cancers? You know, is this person who's someone who's had five BB BCCs pre previously and now they've come in with another you know rapidly growing lesion and, and they're concerned about it um do they have a family history of any skin cancers and in particular we think about things like melanoma some people tend to have a family history of that and and you know that might put them in in a particular bracket a particular risk bracket where we have um you know a more frequent screening for those patients um, you also want to know about medications and um, I know we mentioned about immunosuppression, but in, in medications, you also want to know if they are on any anticoagulation. That's quite important because that will determine um, your possible management for this patient, which might include surgery. You also want to know about, you know, does this person have a pacemaker? And again, you know, when you're doing things like um, surgical 
management for skin cancers, which we'll touch upon. That, that's an important point to note. Um, and then uh, an important point is their sun history. So, you know, has this person lived in a hot climate? Um, have they ever had particular blistering sunburn as a child? Um, you know, do they use sun protection? Those are sorts of questions that you want to be asking explicitly. Also, make sure that you ask about sunbed use, um, because some people do, and that's one of the you know, biggest risk factors as well. Um, and a social history. So, you know, do they smoke? Um, who lives at home? Would they be able to go home the same day after they've had you know, possible surgery? So that, those are all the sorts of things you want to be thinking about in your skin cancer history. Um, Naren, is there anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, no, that was really good, really comprehensive. Uh, the only other thing in the history is occupation. Um, you know, if they're a builder, um, construction worker, you know, things like that. Um, that's that's just one key thing. But otherwise, no, that's very comprehensive. And that's basically a very good focus skin cancer history. Okay, great. So we'll move on to um, going through uh, some of the skin cancers that we've mentioned. So, okay, we've got this one here to start off with. And our question is, what is the diagnosis? So we've pulled these images from Dermnet, which is a fantastic resource that we both really recommend um, for anyone who is applying to dermatology and, and in your preparation. So, um, Naren, shall I start to describe this particular yeah. lesion? Um, so you've got this, what looks like a nodular lesion on the side of the nose. It looks quite shiny um you could describe it maybe as pearlescent as well um it it has evidence of uh like some telangiectasia here um and you know it's on a sun exposed site which is the face um and with this particular type of cancer that this comes under the bracket of you might also see lesions that have this classic pearly rolled edge um but yeah, Naren, do you want to go on and tell us what, what this is and what we should yeah. be looking for? No, absolutely. And I would also comment on the ulceration. You see at the bottom, uh, there's some ulceration, which can happen this type of skin cancer. And the telangiectasia, we say arborizing vessels, which just means tree-like. You can see little branches coming off the main vessel. Um, so this is a very classic nodular BCC. Some people call it nodular cystic. Uh, essentially, nodular BCC is the most common subtype of BCCs, basal cell carcinomas. And like Manpri said, very common in sun-exposed sites. And they are generally very, very common. We see so much of these BCCs. And this is a very classic one. Yeah, perfect. Um, and so things that you should be thinking about um, when you're pointing towards maybe like a, a BCC, again, so sun exposure, what's their Fitzpatrick skin type, which is something we won't go into too much detail, but you can do some extra reading on that's something important to consider. So basically it goes from a scale of one to six, you know, people with Fitzpatrick skin type of one, you know, will have quite light skin, they might have um, you know, ginger hair, they burn quite easily, uh, they don't tan very easily. And then you've got on the other end of the spectrum, Fitzpatrick skin type six, you know, they they don't tend to um, tan, uh, sorry, they, they don't tend to burn, um, but they might tend to tan a bit more. Um, so definitely have a look um, at those pictures and, and the Fitzpatrick 
skin type. Um, fine. So in terms of the, the BCCs, there are different types of BCCs, aren't there, Naren? So mm-hmm. just talk through the different types, just touch upon them very briefly. Yeah. And just one other thing about BCCs, the classical and the history, they're very slow growing. So they're one to two millimeters a year average, let's say, but they're much slower than the other types of skin cancer. So that's just one key thing in the history. Um, so the subtype, so nodular or nodulocystic is the most common subtype. Then you have superficial, which we'll show you a photograph of in the in a moment. So superficial, as you can imagine, is more sort of like a patch or a plaque. Um, and then you have morphaic, the other name for morphaic sort of sclerosing. So these are quite um, aggressive ones and they're, they're not so well defined. So you can imagine treatment is not as straightforward. Um, you can also get pigmented basal cell carcinomas. So basal cell carcinomas with pigment, um, which can mimic melanomas. And um, you can get basosquamous BCCs, which is sort of they have some um, squamous cell differentiation, squamous uh, differentiation, which they're not very common, actually, they're quite uncommon. Uh, but yes, those are the main subtypes. Great. And then we can touch briefly upon some of the treatments to be thinking about for BCC. So um, I guess uh, surgery is one of the most important treatments that are used in the management, definitive management of a BCC. Um, so and, and within surg- surgical removal, there's also consideration for Mohs surgery. Um, and that it's important to have an awareness of Mohs surgery, which some people might have heard of before and might not have heard of before. Um, so Mohs is basically a special technique that's used um, for skin cancers, particularly on the face. Um, and that's to ensure um, that basically all of the skin cancer is removed, but you're protecting as much of the kind of healthy skin as possible, essentially. Now, is there anything you'd add about kind of Mohs? And- yeah, so Mohs is a specialist, specialized type of surgery that's usually undertaken by dermatologists who've done extra training, sometimes plastic surgeons. And essentially they do an excision of the usually BCC, like Manpreet said, usually on the high risk sites on the face. And then there and then, they analyze um, the excision and do special staining to see if the the margins are clear. If they're not clear, then they go back, take a small narrow margin. And again, there and then they have a technician with them, like a histopathology technician, stains the um, tissue. And if that's clear, then they stop. But essentially what it is, is you're checking your margins there and then in real time. um, And then you're going back. So like Manpreet says, you get the most adequate margins whilst conserving the most tissue. You're not going and cutting out loads and loads of normal skin because you're checking it as you go. Um, So only a few centers do it. In London, for example, there's a few centers uh, and it's a gold standard for certain types of skin cancers, such as basal cell carcinomas on certain aspects of the face um, and and those which are ill-defined. So the recurrence rates are lower than standard excision. Yeah, that's really helpful to have an understanding of Mohs because, you know, if you haven't heard of it or you haven't seen it before, it's it's something difficult to um, be Definitely. able to mention, um, yeah, or, or have an awareness of. So, yeah, there's, there's the surgical option. Um, if you have something like a superficial BCC, sometimes we might use topical options, and that includes 5-fluorouracil, um, uh, which is also known as Effudix. 
um, and uh, imiquimod, which is also known as Aldara. So those might be options that are used in superficial BCCs. Naren, did you want to add anything? Yeah, no, that's completely right. And we tend to use Aldara more than Effudix, but we do use both. Um, and yes, for superficial, they wouldn't work for nodular or morphaic or pigmented BCCs. But they're for the small superficial BCCs. Yeah. Um, and I guess just to touch upon this very briefly, I guess if you're confident in your diagnosis of a BCC, um, you could possibly use cryotherapy if the lesion was in a particularly suitable area for that. Um, and for some patients who might be, you know, quite um, old and not suitable for surgery and they might have, you know, um, lots of BCCs, you could consider radio um, therapy for. Yeah. For those patients. Naren, is there anything you wanted to add to? Yeah, that? we use radiotherapy, like you said, in patients who may not be suitable for surgery or who've opted not to have surgery if it's in a certain site. Uh, radiotherapy can be used successfully for biopsy proven BCCs. Uh, we won't go into too much detail, but that's definitely an option. And cryotherapy, just to add, that's liquid nitrogen freezing. Again, that would be only used for superficial BCCs. Great. So that's a bit of an overview for BCCs and hopefully we've touched upon some important points for you to then go and do some further reading. But we'll move on um, to the next photo. So this is uh, the hand of someone who's probably Fitzpatrick skin type one to two. And on the hand, you can see these white kind of crusty lesions, um, kind of like a field like change over the um, uh, dorsal aspect of the hand. Um, so, Naren, do you want to talk us through um, yes. this? So like you correctly said, there's a lot of field change. And when we say field change, there's you can see there's sort of extensive photo damage, okay? Um, and this is very classical for multiple superficial actinic keratoses, sometimes called solar keratoses, as the name suggests, secondary to the sun. And these are precursors for SCCs. So the risk of transformation to SC squamous cell carcinomas is low, but the risk becomes bigger if you have multiple and if they become thickened, larger, etc. So we do tend to treat these. Yeah. Um, so again, th these are one of our pre-malignant lesions that we mentioned in that table right at the very beginning. And um, like Narin said, things in the history that you want to be um, uh, looking out for includes um, sun exposure, you know, if they've got particular occupational um, higher risk, like being a builder or playing lots of golf, which you might hear about in the history. Um, and then Naren, should we touch upon the treatment of this? Yes, exactly. So in terms of treatments, there are different options. So um, the different treatment options can include 5-fluorouracil, which is Effidix, and this is a topical treatment which you apply to all the affected areas once a day for three to four weeks, depending on everyone uses a slightly uh, different regime, but that's a recommended one. And Effudix is a topical application of Effudix is a very good option when you have multiple lesions like this, because as you can imagine, you know, you want to cover a large area. You can also consider cryotherapy. Cryotherapy is probably better for sort of a few single discrete lesions because you don't want to be freezing the whole hand, essentially. It can be painful and it can cause a lot of blistering. Um, the effidix also can cause quite an inflammatory reaction. Very important to warn your patient. Um, and then for the more hyperkeratotic 
thickened boanoid actinic keratosis, which is what we call them, where they're sort of a bit more advanced, um, you can do surgical treatment. So curatage and cautery is one option. And that's when it's under local anesthetic and you essentially scrape uh, or shave the lesions and cauterize. So that's an option as well. Um, so I would say those are the main options. There are There is something else called PDT, photodynamic therapy, which can also be used. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail. You can do a bit of reading on that, but essentially that's another treatment option as well. Great. So for this part one of the skin cancers, we'll just cover one more pre-malignant lesion just with the photo quickly. And then there'll be a part two video where we're going to cover um, uh, squamous cell cancer and uh, malignant melanomas. So this is um, another pre-malignant lesion that we mentioned on our um, table right at the very beginning. Um, and so just to kind of highlight some of the features, so you can see a, a well-demarcated sort of patch or, or plaque. Um, it, it's um, on, on the leg of this particular patient, which is quite a common uh, place for, for you to find this particular lesion. Um, and again, you know, you you might think about sun exposed sites and, and you can see this particular patient has type one to type two Fitzpatrick skin type. So this is Bowen's disease, which is also known as an SCC in situ. Naren, do you want to yes. tell us a little bit about this? Yes, so exactly. So Bowen's disease, another, so actinic keratosis and Bowen's disease are both precursors to squamous cell carcinomas. I, I always consider Bowen's disease as slightly more aggressive, but it's still in situ. So when we say squamous cell in situ, that means there's dysplasia only in the epidermis. So it doesn't go beyond the epidermis. Um, classically, you get an isolated erythematous scaly plaque or patch on the lower legs, but it can be elsewhere. It can be on the limbs, on the trunk. Um, and in practice, we sometimes have to biopsy these to confirm the diagnosis um, and then go on to treatment. Um, so the treatment for this, again, is very similar to actinic keratosis. You can use Effudix, which is a five fluorouracil. Um, it's licensed for that. You can use cryotherapy, but I would avoid cryotherapy on the lower leg, especially someone with venous insufficiency because the healing can be poor. Um, you can do curatage and cautery if it's quite large or resistant to treatment. Um, and sometimes you can get more thickened uh, bones, which, which you can treat with curatage and cautery um, or excision, sorry. I already said curatage and cautery. So those are the main treatments. So quite similar path depending on the site and um, response. Okay, great. So um, we'll move on to uh, the final skin cancer for this particular video. Um, so, okay. So here we can see a lesion um, again on a sun exposed site. So this looks like the forehead of someone with a Fitzpatrick skin type one to two. Um, so um, you can see this lesion looks quite different to the ones that we've seen previously, um, that there might be a bit of, you know, some ulceration that's also present. Um, uh, Naren, do you want to tell us a little bit about this lesion? Yes, so you're right. So you can see it's quite an ulcerated nodule on a background of actinic field change. Um, and this is a squamous cell carcinoma. So um, this is 
more aggressive than BCCs, just to go back to that, BCCs are slow growing and not a worrying type of skin cancers. Squamous cell carcinomas, SCCs can be aggressive um, and they can arise from either de novo, so normal skin, or from pre-existing actinic keratoses or Bowen's disease. Um, so treatment for this, again, of course, depends on the individual. But I would say um, for, for an, a squamous cell carcinoma like this, excision with clear margins, four to six millimeters, depending on the size, would be, um, you know, the, the sort of gold standard. Um, for lower risk SCCs, you can also consider doing curatage and cautery. Um, I would say those are the two main treatments for squamous cell carcinomas because you do really need to be, um, you know, definitive in your treatment of them. And squamous cell carcinomas can be sort of um, low risk, high risk or very high risk. And that's the new guidelines for how we stage them. And that depends on multiple factors, tumor factors and patient factors. And that determines how much investigating you need to do um, and how long you follow them up for. Squamous cell carcinomas can metastasize to lymph nodes and further. So you know, you do have to be uh, very careful. This is in contrast to basal cell carcinomas, which very rarely metastasize. Um, and squamous cell carcinomas can look quite different sort of in terms of their morphology. They can be like this, where it's sort of a friable, ulcerative, ulcerated nodule, um, but you can get them looking quite hyperkeratotic. Um, so they can look quite different actually. And we use demoscopy for looking at all skin lesions, but demoscopy for squamous cell carcinomas can be quite difficult. Um, whereas in basal, basal cell carcinomas, I would say the demoscopy features are a lot more, um, maybe easier easier to, to, to um, classify. So yes, this is squamous cell carcinoma. Yeah, and Naren touched upon some really important points to uh, mention at interview or, you know, just for clinical practice. So the fact that they have a high risk of metastases. So in the examination, you know, thinking about examination for, um, you know, any lymph nodes, um, you know, if, if there's any evidence of kind of organomegaly, if, you know, that might suggest that there's been a metastatic process going on. Um, you also want to look for, you know, underlying causes that might predispose someone to the skin cancers. So, you know, typically SCCs are quite common in people who are immunosuppressed. So again, that links back to your history. Um, and then um, other things that are important, you know, whereabouts is it? So sun exposed places. So the scalp, um, the ears, the lips, those are quite common places on the face, but then you've also got the limb and the torso where you can also get SCCs as well. Um, and I guess in your differentials for SCC, it's also important to, to think about SCC mimics. So we won't cover this in, um, in too much detail, but we'll just touch upon it. But so keratoacanthomas are important, are an important differential to consider um, when you're thinking about SCCs. So that's something you can have a look at in your own time. Um, but that concludes our first video on skin cancer, and we'll do a second video covering um, melanoma.